I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Yes. <laughs> you got everything set up. <laughs> Welcome to the Playing for Me podcast, everybody. Uh, this is, uh, I don't know, with it, with it at the end of May right now, so... There's a lot of uh, really cool stuff going on. How's everyone's week been? We've got Steve D and Steve W with. How's your week been? How's your week been just in general? And how's your week been in stocks? It's been a good week in general. In stocks, I had a look. I've been using a spreadsheet that Steve D sent me for updating my portfolio gains. And I saw that this week I am up exactly 0.01% on my thing, which is probably a result of getting paid a dividend, to be honest. um, (laughs) Yeah, it's been pretty... It's been up and down this week, but it's pretty much ended where it started on stocks for me. So I'm up 4%, but it, it was 6% at one point on Friday before it all sort of turned a little bit sour. So yeah, it's been a really another really solid week. I missed Friday, so I don't exactly know what was going on. I think uh, my, my entire portfolio ended up about 12% up, and I think it was 9% at the start of the week. So I've had a, I've had a reasonable week, and obviously the big uh, legal and general... <laughs> dividend came in everyone's been, the discord went absolutely yeah, it was crazy, mental, wasn't it? It? it's good fun though it was really good fun <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was it's just just quite funny remember though it's a half year dividend so um it only comes twice a year that's the reason why it's big i, I don't know if everybody realizes yeah, well, it's interim that. and final though, uh, today- so one of them's like three times the size of the other one so yeah 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 but it was big i got quite a big amount of money into the account Looks looks very good on paper anyway. We'll we'll see what it looks like next week. Uh, so this week uh, we've got a couple of things on on the list. We've got uh, I think Steve D's got another game. Like you should be on TV or something making up these game shows. I'm gonna get a Bruce Forsyth mask. <laughs> yeah, well you, I can see it getting onto like week 100, and you've got a whole little sparkly grid behind you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> a Debbie McGee. Are you? Are you yeah, there's a, yeah, and there's a whole league table and stuff. Uh, and then we've got a little bit of news from the week to go on, and uh, we've got a question at the end as well, So, um, and it's quite a big one, so we're going to answer a lot of the questions on that. So go on then, hit us, hit us hard with this. I'm scared of this one. I'm so scared of this. Yeah, this, this is a tricky uh, one, quiz. and it's a bit different to the others as well. So following on from the success of Yusuk at Chamath and Is the Ark Sinking?, <laughs> I've decided to come up with a new game, and I'm going to call it If the Cap Fits. <clears throat> oh, so oh, I'm right, going okay. to give you a company, and whichever one of you is going first is going to name the market cap of that company. Ooh. The person going second only has to tell us whether he is higher or lower than the actual market cap. So I'm going to award a point oh. for getting the higher and the lower right. And I'm also going to award a point if the person guessing the market cap gets within, let's say, within five billion either way. <laughs> oh, okay. So who wants to go first? Especially with price fluctuations going on so much. This is going to be hard. It is. This is going to be hard. Oh, God. Yeah, Especially with you doing this as well. I have a feeling I'm not going to have heard of any of these. You have companies. heard. <laughs> yeah. They've got sort of 50 billion market caps or something because they're he has heard of fintech. It. He has heard of it because they're all going to be our own stocks and we've all got to know the market caps are our own stocks. I'm going to be so far off on some Okay, well, um, one of the key things to know with this is if you, if you go way, way under, uh, sorry, way, way over the market cap of one of these companies, it, it may be worth taking a look at because you evidently think this is a much bigger company than, um, than what we're saying. But I'll, I'll kick you off, and this is a company that we all hold in our portfolio. It's one of the largest oh, pharma oh, companies say, in the US. Fucking it is Bristol-Myers Bristol Squid. Fuck. Okay, I'll go first Bristol-Myers Squid. Squid, shall I? I, um, I always think, in general, with these kind of pharma companies, they tend to have sort of bigger market caps than I sort of think they do because I don't sort of tend to think of them as sort of huge things but they always seem to have 
like massive amounts of money kicking around in there, even though the returns are kind yeah. of um, middling. So, uh, hundred fifty billion. Going... Let's pick around one hundred fifty billion. You can have higher or lower, <laughs> and I'll go there. Oh, you are! I I know you're going to be so close. I know I know that is that's within ten one hundred fifty. So. Which way is it within 10? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go lower, just. That is a point okay. each. Bristol <laughs> Myers Squibb cool. is 147 billion, with a little bit of rounding as oh. of Friday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's really yeah, good. Was... This is disappointing. Let's stop the game right now. <laughs> 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 so, the next one on my list is a stock that we talked about, I think... In sort of non-fairness to Steve, I think it was when he was on his honeymoon. Um, but it's a Zach favourite, oh, and it is oh, Pinterest. Oh no, no oh, idea with Pinterest. Uh, you first this time. Uh, okay, Pinterest, Pinterest, Pinterest. It's not going to be. It's not going to be massive, is it? Oh, I don't know Pinterest. Eighty-nine. I'm, I'm going to be way off there, aren't I? I just know it. Hmm, so about half squib, huh? A little bit more than half squib, ah. you reckon? Yeah, but then you said tech company in it, so and it's doing so well. So it I is doing well. It's um, so Pinterest. I think I saw recently the most recently thing I saw anything about it because I wasn't on that pod. Uh, was I think I saw it on like the Goldman Sachs Unprofitable Tech Index, um, which is like a lot of fairly biggish <laughs> companies that haven't actually made a profit or a gap, a gap by the way so by the way they've got an index for fucking everything these days <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the point of that was that index was gradually sliding as the market moves against unprofitable things but i thought i saw pinterest okay. on that and i'm trying to work out how high up that i saw it so relative to stuff like teledoc and spotify and some other things on that list that i hate uh you said about half squib i'll go lower than half squib mm. so it's going to be 50 something because Twitter, I'm th- trying to put it against Twitter at the minute, and that's about 50 I like the idea of about 50-something. I like it about the third. So that is a point mm. to Steve. It is lower, and it's 41.5 billion. Yeah. See, I'm missing the game show opportunity mm. here to say, you know, Paul has guessed <laughs> 89 billion. Steve, does the cap <laughs> yeah. fit? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And... Uh, and you've got to do the pause as well. I want you to see. I want to see the pause. Um, so the next one on the list is another stock that we all own, and the one that you should get right. It is oh, no. Friday's treat, legal and general, and I want this one in pounds. Oh sh! Jesus. Uh, uh, oh. Me this time, mm-hmm. Right. So it's hmm. okay. Uh, market cap on this in pounds. I sort of think nothing on the FTSE is that big, um, yeah. because I sort of think of the FTSE as very much the collectively smaller brother to all of these things. I kind of think, and I, I often try and think across, so I think about kind of comparing Unilever and P&G, say, as the kind of big defensive there, but they're actually not as close as I think they are, so I wonder whether this is smaller than, oh man, uh, compared to Pinterest, it's, it's got to be bigger than Pinterest, isn't it? Or is it... Um, <laughs> What did we say Pinterest was again? Can you remind 41. me of that? 41.5 billion with a bit of rounding. Okay, I will say that... Um, uh, okay, let's let's stick with some slightly more round numbers then. I will say it's 40 billion in pounds, legal and general. Oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I think Steve's very wrong there. Um, you, you, I think you should have stuck to the first... I think you should have stuck to the first idea that UK stocks, particularly the FTSE 100, are considerably lower than um, than US. Uh, I'm going to go so, seven, ten. So you're going ten. lower. Ten. Mm. You're going lower. Yeah. You just choose lower, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Lower, lower. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul gets a point. Um, Stevie's quite far out by a factor of two in a bit. Uh, Legal in general is a £17 billion company. Oh, there you go. It's pretty small. So I did did overshoot it a bit, but yeah, footsie, you've always got to think, so, so small in comparison, aren't they? So the next two I think are uh, really tricky, and they shocked me with them, so uh, I'm not... 
Is it Kellogg? I'm not expecting. Nope. I'm not <laughs> expecting too too many points out of this. Oh, but it'd be interesting to see where you pitch them. And the first one, you might get one is that, I um, health insurance giant United Health. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. I'm going second okay. here, I think. But I have oh, no yeah, idea. is it me? Okay. Um, huh. I don't know United Health very well at all, but when it's when you're going along the lines of CVS and things like that, um, I reckon it's going to be really high, like stupidly high. Uh, round it off, two hundred. I'm going to go stupid out there, two hundred. <laughs> because because I think that's going to be in the middle of what Steve thinks it is. Yeah, it is <laughs> that's, my ta- um, <laughs> that's my that's my that's my tactics <laughs> in this. One. You rather you rather suckered me in with the CVS thing because I thought that was going to cause you to go too low. What I, the thought going on in my mm. head was when I sort of think down the S and P five hundred by market cap. I don't, I don't know what number United Health comes in at, but I seem to remember it comes in pretty high. And I think He's led me with giant when he said when giant. There. <laughs> when he said medical insurance giant, I was like. Oh, it's going to be big. <laughs> I was sort of hoping you might work your way down towards CVS and say a number that was a lot lower. Uh, yeah. What is CVS? CVS is like eight? That. I can't remember. 100 or something? Uh, mm. Okay, 200. I, mm, I'm going to go slightly lower than 200. See where that takes us. So there's no points to either of you. United Health ah, so even when even is 388.7 billion. Yeah. Big old boy. Should have... St- should have stuck with the instinct and gone, fuck it, just go. I was going to go 400 or something. Pretty, but, uh. It doesn't really. <laughs> it's pretty much yeah. next on the list. It doesn't really apply to me because I, I missed that one, but it feels like getting that within 5 billion would be harder than getting legal in general within 5 I didn't get either of them within 5 billion, so it doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> within 5 billion felt like it was most of legal in general and changed. Yeah, well, I, I, I thought legal in general was much bigger than it was. When I sort of looked at it, I had to do a bit of a double take, yeah. like that, not like Mr. Mr. Number or something. But Yeah, it's, it's so surprising when these companies, and they're global, because, I mean, I, Rio Tinto's pretty small, I think that's probably about 20-something, mm. and then BAE's probably five or eight, something like that at the moment. And, um, yeah, so... It it, do, it will surprise you, particularly um, what I found was beer. When I was looking through alcohol stocks like Diageo and then onto Coors and, and things like that, the difference in size with these companies, even though they do exactly the same thing, and they've essentially got the same market cap. Uh, they've essentially got the same market around the world. Diageo and that seems to be so much smaller than, than the US stocks. I don't get it. Ready for the finale? Or, well, it depends if you get a point or not. Uh, What's the score? It's two all at the moment. Oh. And I do Ooh. have a tiebreaker prepared. I thought I was, I thought I was losing <laughs> this quite badly now. So <laughs> the uh, last one is, I think it's probably one of the largest revenue companies in the world. Recently sold off our beloved Asda. It is Walmart. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you say there's a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that mean if I guess like £2.50 and Paul says lower, we definitely get to do the tiebreaker? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or if I say 16 trillion and he says higher um, okay we're, suppo- uh, we're, suppo- we're supposed to we're supposed to fake it it's like bullseye isn't it like are oh, you going right, to gamble yeah, yeah. yeah I'm always going to gamble I'll, I'll get you a speedboat <laughs> if you win yeah I live in Oxford but quite a long way from the sea so I could really do with that speedboat <laughs> okay um, Walmart that's also quite high up the S&P thing we said we said United Health was what did we say United Health was? 388.7. So I think Walmart's... I actually think it's close to United Health on the listing uh, for what that's worth. So let's take ourselves up to 388.7. 400 billion for Walmart. Feels like Ooh. an auction now, doesn't it? But yeah, it does. <laughs> 400. Um, you got to make it... Um, I want to lose so we can well, get it. I'll give you this one But you made it really hard to lose. I'll give you this one within 10 because it's, it is a very big company. It's, it's quite a wide. Oh. Yeah. That means he's within oh, 10. That helps me. Cool. Great. Um, <laughs> oh, 
so, so uh, te- I'm within ten and I'm not within five, so I'm about seven oh. away either side, Paul. What do you think? Yeah, I know. This, they're making it really hard to pick a winner or a loser. Um, I'm going to go lower. We're going that. to the tiebreaker. <laughs> um, it is exactly <laughs> seven away from your guess. It is a three hundred ninety-three oh, okay. billion pound company. So yeah, very good. A uh, dollar, right? So the yeah. tiebreaker is only in here just oh. because I wanted to be a complete tosser, really, and I want oh, you two to guess the market cap of uh, Dutch lithography company ASML. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And the nearest wins. Okay. Oh, wow. Do you want us to write uh, them down or something like that? Cause... Write them down and then show them to the screen. All right, give oh. us a second. Well, what are we guessing in out of interest? Euros, Euros yeah. for this. In Euros? In Euros. <laughs> I, want, I want it in uh... Italian lira. <laughs> I can't fit that on my page, I don't think. <laughs> I've only got a little bit of paper. Fuck. Yeah, I'm ready when you are. I don't know how well it'll come up on the camera, but I'll tell you what it says if it doesn't show very well. Uh, Just make sure you've committed something to paper. Yeah, committed. Okay, show it up. I can't read either of them. What does it say? (laughs) Sorry, that says... Oh, mine's come out backwards. It says 35 billion. Oh, I went like 285. Okay, well, (laughs) I don't need to work that out. Paul wins. (laughs) ASML is the second biggest company in Europe at the moment, I believe. It's 230 billion euros. Oh, it's close. Wow. There you go. Yeah, ASML, big, big company. Okay, All right. Paul wins again. we get again. on with the actual podcast? Oh, yeah, I'm like three weeks yeah. in a row now, and I, well, that's amazing. Yeah, you wait. Wait till the quiz <laughs> next week is someone like, what's Steve D's favourite food? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll still just win it by luck. Steve D sent me a DM the other day. What was the third word in it? (laughs) Right, okay. So uh, this week, what we got? Um, We've got a bit of news this week, and we'll just quickly touch on some of the exciting stuff that's happened uh, of the week. Um, First of all, Amazon entering... Well, it's not that it's entering the streaming wars. It's decided to get a bit bigger by buying MGM, which is the old... Um, the uh, the only I only really know MGM by the big logo with yeah. the line in it. Goes, yeah, so um, I, I didn't actually know about any of the films that it makes, but so far people are just pointing out James Bond. What else does it have? Does anybody know? Anybody? Oh, it's got really cool stuff like the Pink Panther. Okay, like oh, that's um, really relevant. Yep, uh, <laughs> I think they also have Handmaid's Tale, which is relevant at the moment. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's still um, quite. I was going to say one of the things they own is, uh, I think, uh, it owns The Apprentice. So it's quite ironic that Mr. Bezos now owns a show that Mr. Trump uh, is part <laughs> to. So they're not they're not the best of friends, are they? So no, well, yeah, okay. So th- there must be a reason why they got it for only eight billion. As well, because that was the price on it, wasn't it? I I would have thought these streaming services or these these uh, there, there was quite a lot of IP in these, and I thought they'd be going for quite a lot more than than what they are right now. Do you have any ideas of what what is in the deal and what is Amazon going to use it for? I know that's a stupid question. No, I hear you. I I'm interested. That was what you you thought that was kind of. Uh, less than you were expecting. I mean, you're our apparent expert at guessing the market cap and price of stuff that we've seen on this uh, show. But everything I've been hearing about this kind of deal is that Amazon have overpaid, and they've overpaid quite significantly. So they were bidding against places like Apple, like um, I think perhaps the new Discover Bo and so on uh, with these kind of things. And they went about three billion over what Apple were looking at. I thought I heard that Amazon had gone to nine and Apple were looking at not more than six uh, for this stuff. It's not the most impressive catalogue from what they can see of it. What they do get in there though is some uh, TV studios and studios for making content, which is I suppose something that's kind of important and relevant at the moment. So what we're seeing Mm. in kind of elsewhere in the, I guess, quote unquote streaming wars is places like Netflix, like um, Disney to an extent really pushing for original content here rather than trying to kind of buy all their stuff in I think Discover BO are looking at around 15 billion um, for original content production and a budget for that kind of thing Netflix something similar and Amazon have tried to pick this up at around 9 billion to get a lot of stuff kind of off the shelf and ready to go but my sense was that this was 
quite a high price, a price others weren't really okay. willing to go to. That's interesting because I think the reason why I kind of brought that up because I'm glad you brought up Discover Bio because I, again <laughs> I don't have to be the person who brings up AT and T every week. But um, so part of the the deal with Discover Bio is going to be. By the way, we call it Discover Bio because it was the joke from last week. Just in case someone's out of the loop on this one, it's going to be. It's our new name for the new HBO Max Warner Warner Discovery. I think is the company that they is the name that is being battered around at the moment. But we like Discover Bio, and um, that's now going to be about sixty billion. But we're, we're that's due to the debt, the fifty-five billion in debt that's going to come over with it. So, but they've they've brought down their, they've reduced the amount of share classes there are. And they're going to have one share class, and the idea behind that sh- that single share class is maybe eventually they can merge or be bought out by somebody. So, when, and and they're saying that Disney and Apple. Well, these are the rumors going around, but I don't see it at all. I don't see anything like that just yet. But the rumors going around would be that Apple has to pay around sixty billion to get its, you know, to get itself on uh, Discover Bo and maybe kind of increase its presence in the streaming wars. Because what what we've got now, and I'm I'm basically just quoting a video which I've just recorded yesterday. Uh, it it's um we've got hundreds of different mini streaming services at the moment and the truth is there can only really be about four or five that exist in the end of it all so they're all going to have to merge at some point i can see viacom and comcast all doing a bit because now peacock where it was one of the strongest streaming services now might be one of the weaker ones with this new discover bo thing that's come on and obviously amazon doing the mgm I mean, the questions that come from this is where does where does Netflix fit in now? Because uh, I've got a couple of stats on Netflix as well uh, over the past couple of days. And is this really going to make Amazon much a much better streaming service? What it, what it does is it bulks out the content in the same way that um, Disney have used Star to basically create a little bit more content on there, a little bit more to watch. That's exactly what it's going to do with Prime. It's going to bulk out the content with some old stuff that you might fancy watching on a you know Saturday afternoon and some old Pink Panther and some old Apprentice or whatever. It's all evidently watchable <laughs> stuff, isn't it? That, that's that's the idea of it. And it's all... Because Amazon doesn't care really what something costs. They've got that much cash lying around that, you know, they would sooner have the thing than pay the right price. And that's essentially what I think they've done with, with MGM is that they've they, they have the stuff, they now have extra catalogue, and uh, they think that's beneficial to Prime, they'll just bundle it all in the same service, they're not going to charge anything for it, anything extra, it's just gone to widening Prime, and it, it, to be fair with Amazon, it's like most things, it doesn't even matter if it really makes any money, because AWS mm. makes the money, and uh, doesn't really matter about anything else. That, you can't live a full business model just on one bit's going to prop everything up, and then I suppose AT and T did it for years, yeah. didn't it? But um, <laughs> but uh, so but surely at some point because I actually do like Amazon's Amazon Prime Video. I do like it. When you go down the list to the sort of children's stuff, there isn't a lot there, and it and it's it's kind of like the Ice Princess, and um, it's it's loads of really knockoff Disney films. But it's so funny when you go down that list. Uh, but. The the films on it and the top content have been really, really good on Amazon. The Boys is one of my favourite shows out there right now. It's just so funny uh, and it's got a really good uh, premise to it. Netflix, however, I'm I'm personally using less and less at the moment. The only reason I can think that I use Netflix now is for Paw Patrol for the kid. Uh, if not, I'm putting something else on for me because I'm watching I'm watching Star on Disney, which is the UK's version of Hulu. Uh, just in, in case anyone from any other country is listening, uh, and I watch loads of stuff on that. The Simpsons was on this morning, Solar Opposites, all that sort of stuff. And I think uh, oh, I watched like two seasons of Scrubs last night as well. That's mental. Um, so Disney is getting used a lot. I've got. Um, Amazon getting used quite a lot if it starts to integrate itself with other services. And now 
HBO is coming over in June, and that's going to have some massive, massive shows. Game of Thrones, the new Game of Thrones coming out. Friends, has anyone been on? Are you guys on Facebook? I know Steve D's not not on Facebook, but if you were on Facebook yesterday and the day before, all you would have seen is all the girlies with their little cups of tea and wine and stuff watching the new Friends reunion show, and um, it's 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 mad how. HBO is starting to weed its way into people's little lives and stuff. The, what I will say is I saw the graphic yesterday, I think it was. So Netflix owns about 50% of all the content or all of the streaming market at the moment. It owns 50%. That's down 32% from last year. That is getting eaten. Uh, that you know, Other services are coming in and they've just nicked 30% in one year of Netflix's market share. How is Netflix going to hold up against all of this competition coming into 22? I think it's a broader market that because um, Netflix aren't losing subscribers. So they are slowing in growth, but the market is still growing in size. So it's not necessarily a problem for Netflix, who we pretty much all know now are on the cusp of proper profitability, at least on sort of free cash flow basis. So. They're going to be fine going forwards. The issue is, are we at the end of Netflix's growth here? I don't see a scenario where Netflix goes bust. I don't, I don't see that at all. But I, I do see a scenario where Netflix drops back to a sort of valuation that is a little bit more reasonable. Um, and it's not quite there yet, even after its big fall recently. I think it's probably still 30% off where I would, or at least 40% off where I think it, it probably would be if I was interested in buying it as what it is at the moment. But there's plenty of time for them to turn that around. I think the next big trigger for growth in this area is when the live sports gets bought up. But one of them is going to buy the live sports because Sky's, mm. Sky's dying a horrible death. Um, and whether DAZN gets the, the boxing and that's maybe DAZN starts buying the football or the European football or, or something like that, that'd be very interesting. But then that makes DAZN a really interesting acquisition target for somebody. If Netflix or if Amazon mm. or if Discover BO buy um, some kind of live sports, even the NBA or the NFL or something like that, they've got the money to chuck at that. That will be a really interesting driver for the sector and it'll be the death of cable TV. Well, off the top of my head, I know that Disney owns the NHL at the moment. So they've got all the rights to the NHL. And Discover BO has Eurosport, I think. Oh, God, that, that, that's going out on a limb there. That, I'm pretty sure Discover BO has Eurosport. And also news is another big one, right? Because um, Discover BO will have CNN. And I believe that Amazon doesn't have anything. Netflix doesn't have anything. And... That'll be an interesting one because CNN is a very profitable, very, very profitable company. Um, it's uh, There's, there's going to be a lot more to this coming out. Uh, you know, you do have to think like, I'm trying to think of myself as a parent. What would I buy? What, what, what streaming service am I going to buy as a parent? And because it's so important, trust me, when you're downstairs in the morning, the kids working you up at 5 a.m. and you just go... I've, I've got to say it quietly because Google will wake up if I say anything. But I, I just say, play Paw Patrol, and I get to sit him in front of <laughs> Paw Patrol for an hour. And that's that. So I need that. But then I would also like, and, and let's not forget YouTube, because to be honest with you, I, a lot of my news is coming from YouTube at the moment. You know, some of the more reputable channels on YouTube and obviously CNBC cuts for uh, a lot of the, the breaking news in the stock market as well. But do we see... So do you see Netflix's valuation coming down or do you see these other companies and their valuation going up to meet Netflix? Because I think that's people are very, uh, very excited about certain companies like Comcast and Discovery.io and things like that and how they've seen Netflix and what Netflix's market cap is and what it could be. And then it could it be that market that market share just. Uh, Netflix's market share just disappears and their valuation comes down and everyone just meets somewhere in the middle at like 80 billion or something. When I think about Netflix, I think of its market cap coming down or its valuation coming down. And I think of that as having pretty much nothing to do with anything going wrong at the business level. Yeah. So when I think of Netflix and I think of it in the fangs, I kind of... I have this want to go and buy it. I want to get on side with it because it's the fang that everyone looks um, kind of dismissively at. 
And Fang is not a thing that you kind of apply to be part of if you're Netflix or something. Just one day Kramer started saying, here's a bunch of companies that all go together. And everyone else went, oh, Netflix doesn't belong in that. Netflix is not like those companies. Netflix is dreadful. Everyone hate Netflix. Uh, it's got nothing to do with Netflix in particular. They didn't ask to be part <laughs> yeah. of this kind of thing. They didn't ask for that sort of thing to happen. And their market cap probably had a run as a result. Um, but it's run kind of beyond the business. And I kind of sort of have a, a natural affinity for all these companies that quite a lot of people don't like and don't think deserve the credit that they've got. And I think they're kind of right on this story. And I can't get mm. to what anywhere near buying Netflix. Uh, I haven't priced it recently, but I think probably Steve's 40% is somewhere close to what I would think of on this story. So I think I see Netflix kind of coming down as as people increasingly, like it kind of already do, start dismissing it as a kind of genuine fang uh, or something like that. And it- it is the black yeah. sheep. It's the one. It's the one part of the fang which is like it's, it's the only one that doesn't have a significant operating cash flow, which is you know what the others have. I mean, some of them are more profitable than others, obviously. Microsoft being like the profitability high cash flow one, and obviously Apple as well. Um, and then obviously Amazon runs at a loss on purpose, and uh, uh, the other one. Google. <laughs> God, the other one. Google. <laughs> yeah. Google and Facebook are just significant cash flow companies. Uh, Netflix. Netflix is the one that doesn't have any of that. In fact, it's, you know, it's highlight at the moment. I cannot believe it's one of the top five stocks in the world. And it's highlight this year was we might actually make some cash this year. <laughs> and uh, it's just, cr- I think that's incredible to think that Netflix is, uh, is up there, but you can't deny the business. You can't deny the, uh the how it's uh injected itself into the world and it's still going to grow uh worldwide i just i i have a problem with their content now i think there's other companies out there with much better content and now they've figured it out that their their business model i don't think is that hard to replicate i know people in the comments i'll be like mm, ar you don't understand it and oh, they do this I, I don't think it's that hard i think other companies can do it and if you if they can't do it then they just pay someone like google to go and do it for them so um yeah there's something there uh i'm i'm not sure anyone else got anything to say on that subject or you know what netflix reminds me of a little bit uh, this will be unpopular because someone said something nice in the comment last week. So let's wind them all up again a bit. Um, <laughs> it, it reminds me of the EV part of the business that is Tesla. Oh, he's not, going there. <laughs> Tesla's not a car company, obviously. As we know. It has plenty of other things going on as well. But what you get with Tesla on the EV side of things is a big head start over everybody else. Um, They are the kind of leader on this sort of thing. They are out in front of everybody else. Everyone else is trying to catch up. And it's not small, insignificant companies that are trying to catch up. It's big operations like VW, like Ford, like GM uh, that have serious clout and serious history and serious heritage. And they can push out things like Mustangs and Hummers and so on, which are not nothing. They're, They're coming for them. But what Tesla will tell you is we have a head start and that head start is worth something. And they're right about that. Same, I feel, with Netflix here. Netflix is ahead in streaming wars. Um, and everyone else, like Disney, like Discover BO, like Discover BO via whatever the next thing they merge with is, they're all coming as well. And they've all got back catalogues and they've got various kind of um, things going for them. So the question becomes to you, how much is that Netflix head start worth, basically? Um, is it worth kind of paying more for them? Because they're out in front and they're going to be out in front next year as well. They're not going to go back to sort of 30% of market share in a year's time. They may go back to that in sort of 10 years' time, but there's lots to happen between now and 10 years. They've got plenty of money-making time between now and then, and they've got a chance to build their own moat. They're not going to stand still and let everyone come at them. Much the same way Tesla's not going to stand still. Tesla has arguably better tech. Netflix has arguably better content. These things are kind of a little bit harder to gauge, but that's kind of how I sort of view this sort of thing. It's a kind of out-in-front sort of thing, but the trouble is where all the sentiment around Tesla's positive, all the sentiment around Netflix is horrible. Wow, Steve W going in there to piss everybody off for the first week. I I like um I like what you're saying uh, because it is I do like comparisons with other companies. Uh, like you say, <clears throat> it is coming down to spending. So who has it's it feels like that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to who has more money now because I think all of the businesses as they present to the user as as the user interface goes, you can't really tell the difference anymore. And the only thing that you're looking at is the content and how that content is projected to you. So if the advantage of Netflix having that way to push new content towards you and what you like and all that, I think that's disappearing. I think that is slowly being eroded. And it's going to have to be 
they're going to have to double down on content now. And they know that. They know that. It's spending $17 billion a year on content right now. Uh, obviously, Discover BO has put out that it's going to spend $20 billion uh, next year uh, in 2023 on content. By that time, I think Netflix will be spending 20-odd billion on content as well. Oh, it's really, 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 it's going to be tough, it's, isn't it's it? It's going to be... It's weird, really, isn't it? Because Netflix definitely has the verbiage as well. It has the sort of like share of mouth, doesn't it? Share of mouth, share of mind. And that it's become the verb. But, but the, what I was going to say is... It, I know you're going to say that. Sorry, I've just got to jump in there because I don't like that argument anymore. I used to really love that argument of being a verb. But I compiled a list, and I don't have it on me, of companies that went bust at, that were a verb. And we just forget about mm. them. Um, there, there are oh, there's absolute loads, and not one of them is on my head. Is in my head at the well, minute. Um, sorry, what verb? Everyone are you says of the verb. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking uh, of Netflix and chill. Gone. But I was thinking. Yeah, I thought yeah. that's what you're I was thinking about. like yeah. chill so, and yeah. discover mm. BO. It, I mean, it just doesn't. It's not got the same <laughs> ring to it, has it? HBO it or something like that. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it that doesn't, sounds terrible. I, I understand. I know. I know. I I understand the the idea of uh, of verbing i don't think netflix is quite the definition of the verb because when you think of uh like a verb you you think of not everyone calls of, it netflix and chill no <laughs> no no like but it, it does have that it does have or, or like when you talk about verbing with netflix you have to say oh just put it on netflix or just put on netflix or something like that right um so it doesn't work as well as some other companies like Facebook it or Google it Airbnb. or something like that. So, yeah. So it's not it's not that good. But the verb thing isn't as strong as what I thought it was. And I, I used to run off this uh, premise quite often. But there are thousands of companies that did become quite a verb that went bust. And there are a couple of companies like that right now which are slowly losing their their run zoom is one that's gonna i think zoom is going to be one of those ones which just gets forgotten about one day unless well, someone skype buys them is out the best the best yeah of that, isn't it? yeah cool. skype was the big one yeah skype me facetime me no one no one actually talks about them even though they do exactly the same like everyone ugh, that was that was what really annoyed me about everyone saying talking about zoom they were going oh zoom's become a verb it's like yeah but the rest of them are they, they all are, and they're all just as I, I good. Think, see, that's the thing. I think Microsoft did us all a favor with Skype because nobody liked being Skyped. It was really annoying. You used to turn on your PC and some distant relative would Skype you like instantly, and you were like, I've come on to play Command & Conquer. I don't want to talk to you. you know, <laughs> and Microsoft did what everybody else would have done in their position is they bought it for a shitload of money and shut it down. All <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they developed Teams with it, right? Because Teams is essentially built off the Skype platform, as, yeah, as I Yeah, well, as I, I was a big Slack. I really liked Slack. Um, I used to use it when I used to uh, help Monza in the community, and it was a brilliant tool, and I really dismissed Teams because of it, because it was just a like a carbon copy of it. But we started using Teams at work, and I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, it's so much better than Slack in every regard. It, it's just, for a clone, mm. then they've built on top of it. it. It's a fantastic tool for business, whereas... You know, Slack is just hipster teams with less feature. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's about the coolness of it as well. You, although I, I personally don't live in that world. So I, I hear Slack and I go, I haven't got a clue what Slack is. So I, I don't live like that world. But I do understand Teams. And that's odd that I do understand Teams, but I don't understand Slack. Maybe I'm just not cool enough. Maybe I just need to wear more fedoras and like... Uh, <laughs> loafers and and stuff and just i think whatever. probably making comments like that indicate that it might be that you're not cool enough yet <laughs> <laughs> right let's move on um we've had some comments recently and one that stood out to us was a quite a long one from night elf 88 and uh, we're going to get a bit more personal here because he's asked he or she or they he she they <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> i really just done that um <laughs> Asked, asked quite a few questions, and um, I think we're going to go through them and just so you can learn about us and a little bit more about where we're coming from and learn that we're not all the same and that in coming episodes and in previous episodes, we're probably going to give each other a lot of shit about our, um, about our picks and our strategies to invest in. But it's a, it's a question out to you guys because I think a, a few people are going to know what I how I started investing, but... 
for you guys, you guys might have, have different journeys. So how did you guys start investing? Yeah, yeah. so uh, I started um, I started about 10, 10 years ago. And I know I say that, and it's probably, I think I've probably said that to Steve two years ago. So it might be 12 years ago. Um, but it was just after the, after basically the, the bank crash, I'd left my, um, I'd left my job because I was working in construction at the time. And there wasn't an awful lot of construction going on. There wasn't an awful lot of money. In fact, we were pretty much being told back then that money was going to be worthless. And, uh, and yeah, it was all going to rack and ruin, which if you see the similarities with, you know, the money of today, it's quite easy to sort of cast it off. But yeah, I was looking at stocks of my dad. My dad's been a, a, an investor for a while, but he invests in crap stuff like FTSE 100 stocks. And sorry, the guy who loves the AAM who tells us off every week. <laughs> But he's not in the AIM. Uh, BMBM. Basically, BMBM. Yeah, that's he his basically name. just buys dinosaurs and puts them on display, and he gets really excited when he gets his Royal Southern Alliance dividend, despite the fact that he's lost forty percent in capital appreciation since when he bought it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's basically um, how I got interested in it. Was we we saw all those bank stocks at uh, pre two thousand and eight. They were the Netflixes of of Britain. Britain's banking system was sort of. Um, you know, it was admired around the world, and you were looking at companies like Barclays, and I, I'm not, I can't, I don't want to guess, but I think Barclays was in the three or four pounds prior to the crash, and then it was, I think it was like 30p or something like 40p or something like that, and you were looking at mm. them thinking like, well, that is in the same way that we did in 2008 when all the tech crashed and everybody looked at Google and Amazon. That's what we were looking at, thinking like, well, these are the sort of darlings of the world, so. You know, we, we, we bought some bank stocks here and there and, and then it really went on from then. The periods where I've not been interested in managing, I've tried things like Nutmeg, I've tried uh, Free Trade um, unsuccessfully. I've tried a bit of Hargreaves, fun buying and things like that, <laughs> but I don't really like that either, to be honest. I, I'm happy where I am at the moment, which is just buying stocks and researching companies. I think it's a great pastime as well. So that's really how I started. Yes, yeah, so mine's more recent, but probably more familiar, I guess, to quite a few people, or at least to quite a few people on the Discord that I talk to story. So think back about 18 months ago, um, and I'm sat looking and getting emails through from Marcus where I've got my money, uh, saying, your interest rate's going down again, um, and to the point where I've realised, well, this has gone lower than inflation. There has to be something else I can do. And I uh, had a look on the website that a um, friend of the show, Martin Lewis, uh, kind of runs, and looked at it and thought... Actually, there doesn't appear to be kind of anything better than I can do uh, here. And at the time, I heard about a company that was bringing kind of investing trading um, commission-free to the UK. That company was called Free Trade. Um, and so I started off kind of getting some money into that. The trouble is the execution was kind of terrible, if you think of yourself like a trader. And there's a couple of things you can do about that. One is try and find a different broker, um, either by paying or by finding a different um, free option. The alternative is stop being a trader uh, and try and put your money somewhere you can leave it so that a kind of execution at the end of the day doesn't really matter. But then I started kind of moving some of my money into um, sort of equities and looking around and at this time just started by buying things that I thought, well, that's going to be fine. I like this company. My parents drive around and they've driven around in a succession of Ford Focuses. Let's go and buy Ford then in that case. <laughs> and it was basically as simple as that. I mean, it's... It's either ridiculous or Peter Lynch. I'm not quite sure <laughs> yeah. which one it is. In the case of Ford, it's yeah. probably ridiculous. But um, uh, <laughs> well, that was kind it, of how I got started. It might not be. It might not be in the long term, right? Because like I think with new new investors, that probably should be the good starting point. I know investing, you know, you you do need to know what you own and all that. But a good starting point is like what do you use? What what what's around the what's around the house? Go and look in the back of your cupboard and see the big Unilever sign on the back of your, back of all your sources, and go. Okay, they're quite they're quite invasive into my home. Are they invasive into other other people's homes? You can go invade other people's homes and be invasive and find out how invasive are the companies. I, I guarantee you, that the first time anybody ever opened a brokerage account, the first thing they did was go and look in their toothpaste cupboard, and pull it out, and go like, <laughs> Chech and Dwight's <laughs> Unilever. But it is funny really when you start investing properly you realize that pretty much you and Oliver make every single thing in your home yeah but they're not that profitable no. for some reason no. <laughs> like it's mad it's mad to think isn't it so like i and you don't think like that until you start getting into this investing world and 
you start so that uh, we're going back to HBO Max and stuff here, but with Discovery, all of the um, shows that are, that Discovery will be bringing to HBO, or what are we call it, Discover Bo, and um, what what they're bringing is all the is all the crap TV stuff like Gold Diggers and um the, the not the kardashians but like different reality tv it is a reality tv platform and since no since realizing that i go into work and what's on tv is the food network someone puts the food network on all day and everybody sits there and watches it on their break and then i get home and the missus is watching like uh, some reality TV show about pregnant 16-year-olds. And I'm going, what the hell are you watching? Why are you destroying your head with all this? And then I've realized, by, we, we've talked about the Becky ETF on this one, uh, you know, buying what your girlfriend likes, buying what other people at work like. And I'm going, Jesus, there's a, there's a real opportunity here. So I don't think that buying buying what people, what you see around you is necessarily a bad strategy. But obviously, just check if they're, sort of but, revenue or cash yeah, well, positive there is an at element least of that, isn't there's an element of like if you already know quite a bit about the company it makes looking into the company a little bit easier because you don't have to like mm. just like I, sometimes i feel like homer simpson when he starts like is it hyperglobe or meganac or whatever it's called and he, he's sort of like he's looking at networking and then the next thing he's looking at like <laughs> <laughs> the definition of networking in a dictionary. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes it feels like that with a company. Like I looked into, yeah, I looked into I on Q, the quantum computing bit, and literally I got like halfway down oh. and it said qubits, and I thought I have no idea. I don't even know what that means. I have so no idea what qubit is. Like, it was a bit like when I first read Terry Pratchett when I was about. I tried to read it when I was, I think it was ten. Yeah, and I got to the end of the first page and realised I'd had looked in the dictionary about six times for the first page, and I thought I'm not going to get through this. <laughs> 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 that's dedication to be fair that's dedication but you're right you, you're very very right and whenever someone you know some i know people do it i know you do it on the discord whenever someone says something and uses a word that nobody really knows everyone just switches to google and goes oh yeah i know what yeah. that is <laughs> and then and it's it, it, sometimes sometimes it's just jargon sometimes it is just jargon and that's something i think on this channel and on my channel that i think we need to try and cut through i've got a bit bad at that recently i'm going to probably bring that bring that back a bit uh so i think that's important because i think that the jargon's been put in place to maybe stop retail investors from getting in so uh in in too deep into uh, investing but also some of it is stuff that you just need to know or that you just don't know. And maybe that's, is that Peter Lynchian or not? Because obviously Peter Lynchian would be, don't invest in things that are too complicated. Stay simple, buy Tattooed Chef or, or whatever. And, you know, you know it's, a, it's a Findus. Are you, are you uh, plugging your recent video? <laughs> uh, I, I did make a very quick video yesterday, <laughs> yeah. But it's not, so it's on my mind, but... I, I like the joke we made in the Discord uh, about it just being a, a fin. It's just a, a hipster Findus. <laughs> so like, like, but but that's a boring. It's a boring company. It's got a profit margin like forty five percent. Like, why wouldn't it do well? I don't. Uh, it might do. Did, it could do um, really well. Has anybody seen? This is a complete side note. But did anybody see um, App Harvest on CNBC the other day? If not, highly recommend you look at that because it was a spack that went. Basically, it was a. Um, a, a greenhouse that grows tomatoes and I was like right this looks a bit crap and they only got about 300 million and he said he was going to do all this kind of thing like the, the CEO is such a such a really nice kid basically just just to quickly go over it it's an old coal mine in town the coal left nobody's employed there he's built and I mean this is not a greenhouse he's built a massive greenhouse it's it's like I think he says it's like 60 football pitches side by side collects all the rainwater, drains it out into a reservoir, so he's always using fresh water. Everybody in there gets um, really generous options. And then just in the middle of the CNBC thing, he just started crying, like started sobbing a little bit about how the opportunities that he'd given people and that he'd taken people who were destitute, would never owned a house, never owned a car. And he sat through this thing thinking like, they built. I think they say he says he's growing fifty million tons of tomatoes or something like that in this in this shed. And you'll believe it. These plants are thirty foot tall. And you th sit there and you think. And he says, "I've sold them all. 
we, we, you know, from, from literally us making this greenhouse, all of these that you see that are growing, they're already sold because they've got Publix, they've got um, Kroger on board, they've got, I think it's Costco as well. You know, those three there are going to consume hmm. pretty much this whole greenhouse. And now he's got the money to build some more and build out this business. It's a really fantastic business and definitely worth a look. And it sort of touches, it, it sort of touches and, you know, it's really sort of sentimental watch, really. But So what's his, just... Give me the business. Give me the business. The, the business essentially, what's, what's um, they, they're sort of Central America. Um, they're basically saying that the vast majority of fruit and vegetables has been outsourced into sort of Mexico and surrounding regions. Most of it spends two days on the lorry before it even gets to anywhere. He reckons he's a day's drive from the vast majority of America in his greenhouse. Plus, it's American. Um, it's American grown. He can control all the nutrients and what have you. And um, oh, and that was the other thing that was at the back end of it. They've just built a robotic. Uh, sorry, they've just bought a robotics firm, and all of the tomatoes, or the vast majority of the tomatoes, have been permanently assessed for the ripeness. You know whether they, they, even this <laughs> robot can even check the leaves to see if there's any kind of disease. It can treat the disease. It can nip the disease. It can pick the fruit. It's absolutely crazy when you watch it. I mean, they're after data scientists. That's what they're after. It's a greenhouse essentially. But well. I think you've just ruined my day and a couple of others, uh, uh, a couple of other ta- listeners' days there as they go and Google what app a, harvest a, for the rest of the day. What, what was the second point on the question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we've done all that, and I don't think we've got past the, the first question. Wow, we can talk. We have got ten minutes left, so we'll ask a couple of the other questions. Uh, uh, what's your jobs? Give me your jobs. Go uh, for it. So- that shouldn't take too long. We can't go on much of a tangent for, on that. No, we? but let's talk about a different stock. And, um, that I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I work in sort of engineering, so I design um, roofs and floors, which is good for me because maths comes quite easily to me, so I can often kind of like, you know, work through balance sheets and work out what's missing and, you know, stuff like that really is. It's been really helpful for me in that regard. But, yeah, that's what I do. So, basically, I, I'm sat in an office four days a week, designing stuff for people designing really complex roofs and complex floors and then one day a week i go and see these people and measure up the buildings if they're building something or help them out with stuff if they're if they're stuck that's it really yeah yeah so one of the really cool things we see on the discord sometimes is people who have a particular interest in a stock or a sector because it's an area they work in and they know really well so steve's stuff obviously lends itself quite naturally to knowing things about a certain area. He knows plenty more about plenty of other things too. Uh, the job I work in lends itself to absolutely nothing in investing terms as far <laughs> as I can tell, which is why I don't claim to be much of a stock picker on this kind of thing and look for more obvious things. But what I do is I teach philosophy at a university, basically. Um, so I teach a lot of people who go on to be politicians and try and stop them kind of ruining the, company, uh, the country um, in the future. And it's too late too early sorry to tell whether i've had any success in that kind of idea yet but here's where my job does lend itself towards helping in this sort of situation i work on believing what people say and when we should and shouldn't believe what people tell us um and in a world where there's a lot of news and you might have seen on the podcast i tend to be happier talking about things that i've heard in the news and working out what we should think of them than i do working out whether what particular stock is going to do what on any occasion even what the underlying company is going to do so um should probably get a small plug in here is a book it's called the oxford handbook of lying uh i literally wrote part of this handbook on lying um which makes me kind of <laughs> uh helpful at figuring out what i should think and working out what the case for a company looks like uh, so i'm better at working out when things that are being told to me don't make sense or don't add up in general than i am about knowing anything particular about say a medical devices company or um a basic materials outfit although I, I do a little bit of that as well i don't have any particular insight into that from my kind of line of work so is elon musk lying yes nearly all the time <laughs> you can tell when it is. <laughs> <laughs> for the benefit of people uh, uh, listening on spotify i just slip my neck with my finger <laughs> just don't, don't don't go there um i uh, just i'm just uh, for me i'm a paramedic uh i'm going to be doing lots of other jobs as well but um most of all paramedic uh to link it to stocks it doesn't it wouldn't be very good but we go through a, a series of quantitative and qualitative critical analysis and that has helped me really try to sort of separate the crap from uh, what is actually real and it gives me a sense of 
being able to just lay out a good valuation and understand where where a company might be in its valuation so i mean i haven't just i haven't explained that very well at all but um the the point of this question i think is how you can use your own job to and apply it to the stock market obviously i always prefix it with index funds are probably going to be awesome for you like if you've got a job and it's paying you a lot of money then probably just slap it in index funding and get gone and come back to it in 30 years and you'll be a millionaire but if you're trying to get that edge in the market and who knows who knows if you can get an edge in the market i think a lot of people are starting to believe that you can use your job as first of all your access to whatever stock you're going to buy steve d's in the uh building industry but i don't think you own any house builders uh, do you yeah do you hortons, dr hortons uh, oh you moved to dr yeah. horton but that's an american one yeah, so like... uh, there's also fastenal <laughs> that i like a lot in um in the us but um i still don't know anything in the building trade which is probably uh, a damning indictment of the quality of our building <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, you're just crucifying the entire UK building industry uh, in one sentence there. Uh, yeah, so a guy that works in the building trade and quite high up in the building trade, and he doesn't own any UK house builders. So that might be a good message to anybody out there. Um, but yeah, for me, uh, I like the I like to think I'm pretty good at sniffing out bullshit as well, uh, Steve, to put it in a, <laughs> in a, in a more... Uh, in a shortened way. I want to read your book now. I really want to read your book and I want to see why I, people no, are lying. No, no, you, you think you want to read my book. You don't actually <laughs> want to read my book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've gone through... Uh, we've basically got two little questions. Um, how did you choose your broker and what's your strategy? How did you choose your broker? Go very quickly on that. Just sure. I started off on free trade and I was hanging around on the community there. And one of the things that was frustrating about free trade at that time, sort of 18 months ago, was that they didn't really have that many stocks, to be honest. So I'd find companies and thought, this looks good. Oh, I can't buy that. And then someone stuck a, a graphic, which is clearly a marketing graphic from 212 on the free trade forum. Uh, and that was down within like a minute or so. But that was how I found 212 and immediately got myself across there just by accidental free trade not being quick enough to take it down. That's how I got mm. to 212, which is the main broker that I use. When I, when I first started stock picking, I, I also used free trade. Um, I was part of their, I helped run their community and um, I got banned <laughs> from free trade <laughs> for, <laughs> uh, I'll just make it quick. For questioning <laughs> the management, uh, so then I had I had to move over to trading two and two. There wasn't really much option, but actually, it's a, a, a far better broker in every regard. Um, the, the the thing that sort of and I was a shareholder of Free Trade as well, which I have since sold all my shares, and I will be getting the uh, seven times returns. I think it is back. I think it's next week actually. So that's thank you, Free Trade. Uh, I hope I never have to deal with you again. Uh, <laughs> so why not why not vanguard and hargreaves lansdowne why not my life is with hargreaves lansdowne uh for what that's worth i so i mm -hmm. have my isa in 212 and have a lifetime isa over at hargreaves lansdowne they look after that uh for me but um i find 212 slightly easier to use there's mm -hmm. commissions if you want to buy individual stocks which i think i kind of do i mean i've got quite a bit shoved into indexes gold etf and uh bond etf a little bit i think over at um uh hl so hmm. yeah my, my pensions with vanguard um well both my pensions now because i've just trying i've just opted out of my workplace pension and transferred it over to my sip so um and vanguard is fine for what it is but it's very clunky um it's kind of hmm. tricky to so it's really tri I find it tricky to understand. I don't know if it's just me. It's, yeah. There's just like a thousand screens before you enter anything. I think I think eventually we should we find out we're um, worse than we think we are buying stocks. We'll probably all end up on Vanguard. And it'll be yeah, a really yeah. boring show when we log on and say, "How did Vanguard Global All Cap do this week?" It's up not point eight percent. Thank you for watching, guys. See you next. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, in truth, I'm not. I'm I'm not. I'm open to that possibility, yeah. 
completely uh, this for me this whole youtube thing and even this podcast is it's a three-year experiment in dividend investing i'm going to see if it works if it after three years it is going pretty well then i'll keep on with it but if it's vastly behind the market then yeah that would make a lot more sense to to shift over depending on the valuations the stocks there. is kind of but, fun though isn't it yeah, it's kind of fun so buying index buying index yeah. funds is not fun and I think I part of maximising the amount of money that I save is because I'm having fun buying and looking at the companies that I want to buy. If I was just putting mm. £300 a month into index funds or £200 a month into index funds, would <coughs> I be incentivised to save that extra couple of hundred at the end of the month and dump that in? Not so sure, really. Yeah, and just on that, I think it's very important that you recognise that you're doing the funness is keeping you involved in it because a lot of people are getting into the stocks and it is fun, but they're also just losing money doing it. Uh, but and the, and they're sort of saying, oh well, if you're just in index funds, you could do that. And if that's okay for you, you could just go be an index fund. If that's in your mindset, then that is uh, that is great, and you're probably going to do perfectly fine, better than any of us. But some of us would not be able to do that and still make the same returns because we get all behavioral, we'd start getting bored or yeah, we'd see something else that we'd want to buy that week. And it's very hard to keep your, your eyes on the price. So there's an element of discipline that comes with the fact that it can be a hobby as well. And what the point I'm trying to get over here is that we recognize that and we're ignoring, we're not ignoring index funds as such or even mutual funds. But we recognize that they are lower on our list because of it's changing our behavior of getting into stocks. However, on the offset of that, on the other side of that, you need to be well aware. You need to recognize that you are in the stocks for fun and you're not in the stocks because they're going to 10x to the moon and make you rich overnight, which is what I think a lot of people are getting into stocks specifically for because they they believe, they 100% believe they can 100x their, their share return. They can... They can achieve things that no one has ever ever achieved yeah. in the stock market ever. When in when in particular, back in 1929 or 1930, that was the easiest time to ever make money in the stock market. Far easier than it is right now. If you were a hedge fund manager in in the 80s, it would have been extremely easy to make a massive return. That's why Peter Lynch and everyone did it. They they they. They knew what they had to do and they, they did it. Now it's so much harder because every, because everyone's got the information out there. Does, has anyone thought of that Like recently? People are saying to me, you know, we're in a world now where there's so much information. People can make more, more choices on their stocks because all the data's there and everything. But doesn't that, according to, uh, you know, an elastic market hypothesis, doesn't that just make it, exceptionally hard to beat the market now because everyone knows all information at all times it's like temptation island isn't it that's the thing um you can see because you know well put it this way 20 years ago 30 years ago the only way you knew a stock was going down is when you picked up the paper the next day and navigated to the FTSE 100 and said hey look backers is down eight percent maybe i should ring my broker and buy some um, but I, I've been following a general rule, which uh, Steve often finds me in his DMs. Like, do you know when you're seeking a little bit of like, <laughs> you're seeking a little bit of yeah, like, agree yeah, with yeah. me and tell me I'm right. And I basically said, yeah, him, confirmation exactly. bias. Well, I, I, I call say it. To Steve, I really feel like doing this today, but because I really feel like doing it, I know I shouldn't do it. Wait, it's stock related, <laughs> yeah. right? Just to check, it's stock Sometimes. related. <laughs> no, but sometimes it's like I, I, you know, my my brain is telling me to make some moves in the market today. But generally, I think the best thing you can do in stocks is nothing. I think that's yeah. my general rule: is if I look at something and I think, oh god, I've got to got to make space for that. I've got to make space to buy this. I think the general rule is to just not do it. Yeah, yeah. My example of that recently is Salesforce. Uh, I've been trading Salesforce now for a couple of weeks, just off and on and going, this is an amazing company. If I lose 10% of it, I'll happily hold it for a very long time because I think it's a, a reasonably good evaluation at the moment. And uh, oh, its earnings came out and then it just hopped like 5% and gutted. Just hold, just buy it and hold on and and ride the ball, as it were, and, and see where it goes. 
Okay, uh, I realise I went on a bit of a tangent. I'm trying to think back to that sentence I did just before uh, you answered the question there. And I think I went through three different topics all in my head in in like some little diatribe that I did there. So uh, I'm going to listen back to that and see if see if any of it makes sense. Uh, right, we'll leave it there because we're about an hour in. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone, and watching on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, let us know what you've been buying, what you think the best strategy for investing is. Just let us know in the comments. And if you've got any questions, we'll you know we'll try our best answer. And if there's anything you want to know about Steve D and Steve W, and also Zach, we don't know where Zach is at the moment. He's gone a bit dark on us. Zach, come find us. Come back wherever you've gone. Um, so. Uh, yeah, if you've got any of those questions, uh, just let, let us know in the comments below the YouTube uh, thing. <laughs> and then um, leave us leave us some nice five-star and reviews. If you re- like, leave a review on Spotify or any of the other podcast ones, we'll probably maybe uh, focus on them a little bit harder as well. Thank you very much for watching, guys, and we'll see you next week. Hour.